What is going on, everybody? Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of Ryan's Ramble. Boy, it has been quite some time since we've talked. It's been a wild bowl season, wild college football playoffs, but alas, the season has come to an end, and this will be the final episode of at least the college football betting portion of this. So by now, if you're not familiar with what Ryan's Ramble is, shame on you, but if not, this is the Frogs of War Network. It is on a pod, sorry, excuse me, a podcast on the Frogs of War Network where we talk all things sports betting, mostly college football, which is what we've been doing this season, taking you through my picks and all that. But today, rather than going through some picks, we're going to be looking back at how this season went, kind of analyzing. It might be a bit of a shorter episode than normal, but kind of a nice summary to end the year now that you know Georgia won the natty in exciting fashion. It was a hell of a season. I mean, after everything with COVID last year, and I mean, still COVID going on this year, they managed to pull it off. Uh, very thankful that it actually happened. I know there was a lot of bowl game cancellations that really kind of sucked, but the fact that they were able to get a full regular season, all the conference championships, a regular playoff, so that was big. Um, especially it would suck to have you know two unorthodox years back to back like that. That would just be blips on the record books forever. But seems like we're back to somewhat normal. Who really knows where we're going? Uh, especially with NIL and college, the conference realignment. It's just college football's chaos right now. It's like the most uncertain sport of all sports in America right now. Nobody knows where it's going. It's been rapidly evolving. It's changed so much over just the past five years alone. But I mean, I don't really need to tell you this. You probably already know all of this. So let's go ahead and just uh, reminisce on the season a little bit. So obviously, Georgia won the national championship in very exciting fashion. I believe the final score was what, 33 18? Yes. Um, the playoff games were kind of boring. I don't want to say boring because like they're a playoff game. You expect them to be really good. They're supposed to be, you know, number one, number four, number two, number three, the top matchups of the year. But historically we haven't really gotten that after these two playoff games, Bama beating Cincinnati 27 to six and Georgia beating Michigan 34 to 11 in the orange bowl. That is now, I believe the stat is, oh, I could be wrong. Of the, I think it's of like the 16 playoff games that, that we've had, I think it is, what, um, 12 have been, 12, yeah, 12 have been decided by more than 16 points. So over half of the college football playoff games that we have had in this era have been blowouts, two possession plus blowouts. So it's not really like this was surprising, especially the Bama-Cincinnati game, which I was at, by the way, I went to the Cowboy Stadium went to the game really cool experience just to be at a playoff game and I gotta say though before I move on to the Georgia game Cincinnati fans are some of the nicest fans I've ever met I was so I'm a Bengals fan which I know doesn't really make sense I'm a DFW Texas boy I should be a Cowboys fan but I'm not I'm a Bengals fan and big dub for us over the weekend by the way but anyway anyway I won't get distracted uh, I was wearing my Bengals Joe Burrow jersey because I, I didn't have any Cincinnati gear. And, of course, I'm not going to root for Alabama. And they were just, like, the nicest fan base ever, I swear. They would just talk to me and be like, oh, so, like, where, where are you from? Like, do you go to school in Cincinnati and stuff? I'm like, ah, uh, well, I'm actually, like, a fake Cincy fan for today. I go to TCU, yada, yada. But they were all so nice. I even added a couple of them on LinkedIn. They were, like, trying to get me an internship for, for uh, sports media. So that was pretty cool. Shout out, uh, Karen, if you're listening. Anyway, Georgia onto the Orange Bowl. That's what I expected to be the game. I expected Georgia, Michigan to potentially be 
the pseudo national championship, even though it's a playoff game. I thought that would have been the best matchup for the national championship. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he had a chance to solidify his legacy at Michigan. He had a chance. He might still just get a statue because it's fucking Harbaugh. But I think based off that game, based off of how bad they got blown out, how everything's looking for the Wolverines right now, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to the NFL. I'm calling it right now. Where exactly he'll end up, I have no idea. But I definitely see him taking on like an offensive or defensive coordinator role. I could totally see that happening. But alas... In general, these the, the playoff games weren't really – they didn't live up to the hype. They were kind of a snooze fest, but – and then the rest of bowl season, too, can't just only focus on the playoffs. The rest of the bowl season was really highlighted, not so much by great games and crazy plays, but mostly by cancellations. I don't know the exact number on it, but a lot of bowl games were canceled. And a few of my picks that we had for bowl season were canceled as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get into my bowl pick record in a second but first let's let's break down the national championship before we really talk about any of these sports betting picks um because bowl season it could have gone better but it didn't go terrible so anyway though the natty uh i considered making an episode strictly for the national championship because technically i didn't really get to make any bets for it i made my playoff game bets in my bowl season episode which was a few weeks back but didn't really get to do any national championship picks which Bums me out because I had Georgia minus three and under 52 and a half, which hit by like one and a half points. So those were my two big boys. Those both hit. But then I lost quite a few prop bets. I get too excited on games like the national championship. Same with the Super Bowl. Like I placed, what was it? Jameson Williams, first touchdown score. Turns out he tore his ACL in like the second quarter. That was scary. And also feel really bad for him because he's declaring for the draft. I hope he does well, but. And I also had a player prop parlay. I had, I think, Bryce Young over 16 and a half rushing yards. Bijan Robinson over 20 and a half receiving yards. And then what was the last one? Stetson Bennett over one and a half touchdown passes. So everything hit other than Bryce Young over 16 and a half rushing yards. He didn't, he had like negative 30 yards because of the Georgia D line sacking him left and right. But man, I wish the reason I really would want to have it is just because, like, you know, saying you won a bet versus you know having it posted ready to go before the game even starts is different you know there's like a sense of credibility like look i actually did it well they're like no i'm like trying to prove myself you know like oh i swear i took it so we're not counting those towards the record whatsoever uh they weren't an, an official pick but those were on my personal cards so glad to walk out of the natty with at least a few bucks in my pocket and i thought overall though this game uh was really a great way to end the season. It lived up to the hype. I th- a lot of people complain because it ended as a 15-point game. I don't care. I think it I think it lived up to all the hype. It was what, like 9 to 6 at halftime? Who who would have saw that coming? Nobody. Nobody in their right mind would have predicted that. Thankfully it was because if it wasn't, the under would have definitely not hit and I would have lost some money. But even though this was two SEC teams and everybody and their brother, including me, wanted to see Cincinnati in the national championship. I think this is kind of the best that we could have asked for. It was a great game, great matchup, wasn't a blowout. People were on the edge of their seats until that final Bama drive where Bryce Young threw that interception. And also, even though Young threw that interception at the end, I think that kid, I mean, obviously he won the Heisman. Obviously he's special, but that kid is he's freaking damn good at football. I mean, he is going to be exceptional in the NFL. I already, like, I'm already calling it right now. He's going to have a hell of a career in the NFL. He's built for it, too. He's athletic. He's quick. He makes good decisions, other than that last interception, I guess. 
But and he gets the job done. He's a leader too. Already as a freshman doing all this, like Bama's going to be back. Don't worry, Bama will quite literally be back every year until Nick Saban is six feet under or retired. But I, I don't even know what's going to happen. I was talking about it with a buddy the other day. I know I'm going a little bit off topic, but talking with a buddy about what is going to happen to Nick Saban or not Nick Saban, but Bama wants Nick Saban leaves. Like who is going to fill that role? That has to be the hardest role to fill in all of sports. I mean, the expectations, like if you lose one game, your fan base is pissed. Like just one game all year. They were average. I think it's since 2008, Bama averages 12 and a half wins per season. There's only 12 games in a season. Make that make sense. I mean, obviously, they win the conference. They win a playoff game. But that's absurd to do that every single year for like 14 years now. Every single year. That's Nobody's going to be able to fill those shoes, I don't think. Uh, you can try your best. But I don't know. Though. Also, with the system and the program Nick Saban has built up, they might be able to just you know ride off into the sunset with whoever, as long as that guy just doesn't majorly screw up along the way. Anyway, though. Back to on topic, back to the game. I thought that was a great way to end the season. Uh, it, it's always sad, though. It's it's just bittersweet. Like, I was watching in the game with some friends, and one of my buddies goes, like, Ryan, dude, this is this is the last college football game we're ever watching in college. And I was like, shit, don't do this to me, man. Like, don't, don't make me think about that right now because that's weird. That's weird to me. Like, I'm going to be – I don't know because I've always, like, grown up. And I know most people probably listening, like, I'm probably – the, the kid in this situation but for me growing up I always you know would like look up to these players like oh like this guy's so cool I should watch these players play and now it, it got to the point where I'm like all right these guys are like my age that I'm you know watching and talking about so it's like kind of different and then now it's at the point where it's like all these kids are about to be younger than me like that's weird and they're all these like freak six seven big athletes that can do unspeakable things that I would never dream of doing like I don't know. It's a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. So that was that was my last college game of my college career as a fan. But I'm going to, you know, keep reporting. We're, we're going to keep watching. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, I got to get a beer break in real quick. I know it's it's kind of for me, it's like three in the afternoon right now as I'm recording this. But I feel weird recording a podcast without drinking a beer. It's almost like they go hand in hand, you know. It loosey goosey loosens you up a little. All right, though. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's get in the bread and butter. Let's talk about our picks. Bowl season went okay. As I said, we went 8, 9, and 2 across all bowl games. So essentially we broke even, but we kind of lost at least one unit or a little bit more thanks to the juice. Um, but 8, 9, and 2, that's almost even, almost 500. I was really just hoping to avoid disaster. And the fact that I escaped with a near 500 record, that's okay with me. I'm a, that's That's okay. This was one of the few, by one game too, by one fucking game, it was one of the few losing weeks of the season. I think we had, what was it, three or four losing weeks out of all 17, so not too shabby, not too shabby. Um, some of those highlights though, because we had, had a lot of picks, I think I had like 25 to 30 picks and a lot of them got canceled, so we ended with, what is that, 19? So we had a few highlights though. Uh, a few close calls as well. Ohio State minus six and a half in the Rose Bowl was my pick over Utah. But I made that pick before all the players bailed out. Um, and that line dropped all the way to minus four, which ended up not hitting anyway, which I still took both. So screw me, I guess. Um, 
It was likely the best bowl game of the season, though, or at least my favorite. The Rose Bowl this year, Utah and Ohio State. I don't care about the guys that opted out. They those kids that came in like Smith and Jigba. Oh my god, what kind of what, that was like Jamar Chase s game? Literally Jamar Chase like the next day did the exact same thing. It was nuts watching those back to back. But Smith and Jigba on the Buckeyes is a problem, and he will be next year. Um, but yeah, I really, really loved watching that game. The Rose Bowl was so entertaining. Um, another one we had was Kentucky minus three. This one was really frustrating because it ended as a push. Uh, Kentucky won the game 20 to 17 against Iowa. And it was, I mean, better than a loss, but Kentucky was winning for the majority of the game. They were up by 10 late in the game. And then they let Iowa come back and only lose by three. So Hurts my bet. Should have taken the money line. It was just a little bit too heavy for me. But hindsight's 2020. Next up, we had West Virginia at plus four, which was quite possibly the worst game that I've ever seen the Mountaineers play against Minnesota. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. The play calling, the effort, the execution, none of it was there. Literally none of it. It was embarrassing. I can't believe, like, as soon as I bet on them, I was so confident. It was one of my most confident picks of the, of the bowl season. And then just, it just shit on my dreams. All of them. All of the Mountaineers. It was, I can't even, I don't even have words for it. It was really hard to watch. It was ugly. But we're not going to focus on the negatives. Because we had a few solid bets as well. Our main two that, woohoo, tier two bets bringing in the money. I mean, tier one, actually. Tier one bets bringing in the money was Oklahoma State. As I said, was my most confident pick of bowl season. I'm like 90% sure I said that. But I think it was. And Oklahoma State plus two in the Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame. What a classic, classic choke job by Notre Dame in the Fighting Irish. I mean, it was 28 to 7, and I was considering live betting Oklahoma State money line. And I should have because I I knew they were going to choke that somehow. There was way too much time for them to have that big of a lead. And, you know, all the fans in the crowd cheering, high five it. No, Notre Dame is going to Notre Dame, and they're going to lose a New Year's Six Bowl. That's just what they do. It's not hard. That is just simply what they do. Another big one we had too was Maryland money line minus 120 against Virginia Tech, to which they just dominated that game as well. I forget the final score exactly, but the box score is not as there's closer than it was in real life. I mean, the game wasn't close. They got a few garbage time points, but a win's a win. Maryland coming in clutch, the Terps. So with bowl season, adding on to my regular season record. That takes Ryan's Ramble betting record this season to 93, 75, and 4. So we we ended green, baby. That's all we asked for. We just wanted to end above 50%. 60% was the goal out of a win percentage clip, but I believe this is a 56 point something percent win percentage. So right there with the system bets, you know, I might as well just make my own system. Just call it the Ryan's Ramble system. Just Fucking tail all of Ryan's Randall's picks. Easy peasy. You hit at a 56% rate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean, if you're from, oh my God, just stuttered again. If you're familiar with systems and how those work, I mean, that's the goal. You want something that hits over time at a consistent rate to give you, you know, an expected return of investment, ROI. Like if you, you know, they're usually systems go for like over a decade though, where it's like, this if this happens this happens and this happens take this line so it's like a bunch of variables combined if this this the wind is 13 miles per hour the home team is coming off a loss like all this then you take that line and then it hits like a 58 to 60 percent clip 
So that's what a system is if you're unfamiliar. But I swear I should just make my own system and then it would be easy peasy. Uh, anyway, though, that's actually not all we have. We had to talk about bowl season, of course, because it just ended. But now that the college football season entirely is over, we can look back at our future bets. We made before the season even started. I came out Ryan's Ramble. I believe it was in like August, early August. Um, started with some future bets, some conference predictions and all that jazz. And now that the season's over, we can finally look back at all of the first episode picks. <coughs> Excuse me. Most of these were regular season win totals, but we did make a few conference champion picks. So starting out with the group of five, um, I went four and three on our group of five win total bets. So almost even with a little, little plus one unit there. Uh, our biggest bets of Texas State under four and a half and SMU over six and a half both hit with ease. I mean, SMU over six and a half. I hate to say it, right? Like, I hate admitting that SMU has a good team and might actually be good at football, but six and a half wins is not a lot. I thought that was free money, like easy free money, um, even though I hate betting on SMU and rooting for them to do anything remotely good. But that was it uh, on for the group of five win totals. In terms of group of five conference winners, I went a whopping 0-2 on those. I took a stab at some of them. I had Marshall at like plus 400 odds in Conference USA and App State uh, at like plus 300 or something in the Sun Belt. They lost that championship game to uh, Louisiana, which looking back, I really should have taken Louisiana with Napier. They they were the better pick. Um, and Marshall, they didn't, even make the, they didn't even make the conference championship. It was UTSA and Western Kentucky. Shout out Roadrunners, baby. Hell of a season. I love that. And in terms of Power 5, and now that we're already on the conference winners, we went 2-0, baby, on the conference winners. We took Bama at, even though it was minus 160, I mean, you had to take Bama at minus 160. Like, they won the SEC. They got it done. That The win's a win. And then probably my proudest bet of all season, even though it was before the season started, I had Utah plus 500 odds to win the Pac-12. And I'm I'm just so happy they did it, you know, like I we the Utes are now next year my playoff dark horse. I really think they found their identity, they know what they're working with, they're not gonna be losing too many guys, their coaching staff is clicking. I think the Utes are a problem, and it's weird for me to say that because I'm a big Pac-12 hater. I think they're terrible. But Utah, that's the limelight next year. I'm telling you, just watch out for it. Now, in terms of my regular season win totals for the power five, uh, I went Eight and seven. So again, almost even, but just slightly positive. Got that one unit bonus. So eight and seven on those totals with a few big hits and a few big losses, as in like, what the fuck was I thinking? But our big hits, we had Texas under eight wins. I mean, come on, you got to you got to take Texas under eight. They've hit that like six years in a row. And then we had UNC under ten and a half. I thought they were a little bit of a hype train. I was right. They were definitely a hype train. This year with uh, Sam Howell and co. They lost too many weapons, I think, in the draft from last year. But then we had Michigan over seven and a half, which looking back, how the hell was their win total only seven and a half? They made the playoffs. So that was a big dub. And then Michigan State, their over under was four and a half wins. And they were a Big Ten title contender. And they beat Michigan. Like, I don't know how they were set so low. I mean, I guess they've been kind of bad the past few seasons, especially last season during the COVID year. But I don't know. They just signed that. They're coached through that huge contract. I think they might be a team to watch in the next couple of years. 
And oh, and as far as the uh, the few, what the fuck was I thinking? Picks. I had Indiana over eight wins. I bought in on the the Penix Jr. Fry Fogel hype train. Nothing. No, absolutely nothing. It was it was a abysmal, pitiful performance from the Hoosiers this year. I also had Miami, Miami, Florida over nine and a half wins. I remember quite literally doing this and saying the U is back. And now I want to do this and say, I'm dumb. That was a bad pick. That, that's all there is to it. I also had Georgia under 10 and a half wins. I thought Georgia was going to be frauds based off their height, but my goodness, they lived up to everything, especially that defense. Literally one of the best defenses in college football history. And also that Natty was one of the best defensive performances in college football history that I've ever seen. <sighs> Hold on. We got to get the lighting right now. I'm doing this during the day. I'm not used to doing it during the day. I always do it at night. So I use my like my special lamps and everything. But now we got sunlight coming in. I think that looks good. All right. So with all of that. Oh, also, I forgot to, to mention. I did have Alabama as my unofficial pick to win the national championship. and. Well, I was close. I mean, shit, <laughs> close enough. Uh, that was I didn't make any official bets on that, but I really did think Bama would win it all. And I think Bama might win it all next year, too. So in terms of my full record breakdown, though, for this season with bowl season, with the future bets, with everything included, Ryan's Ramble finishes. This is the official, official, official record of the year. 107 wins, 87 losses. And four pushes. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. I'll take that. Seven days of the week, twice on a Sunday. It's beautiful. Now, if you've been listening or or reading the, the blog version of this throughout the season, you probably are familiar with the tier system. Tier three is my least confident. All the way up to tier one is my most confident bets. So I introduced that system a few weeks into the year. So I went back to try and track everything. And it was just a nightmare trying to, you know, keep up with everything so looking back um, now I know what to do for next season or if I do this system again to just track them week by week you know rather than tracking my record week by week track each separate tier record so that I can compile and compare where I did best at if I did best on my screw it let's just throw money on there or my lock of the day picks um, so now I know for next season but it was just super wonky with me introducing it into the in the middle of the season and it really wouldn't have like correlated or made sense with the long-term all year record. So now I know though. And because really we don't have much else to go over. I mean, that that's the year, you know, that's the season 107, 87 and four. That's where our picks. I really, I really hope you tailed. Um, you know, I hope, I hope I helped you guys win some picks, but if you tailed my losses, I'm sorry about that. It, it happens. Um, but because really, I mean, there's nothing else to do. Why not make some predictions for next season? Because screw it. We have some fun. So I didn't really dive too deep into this. I am planning on writing some sort of way too early prediction blog on Frogs of War, where I'll break down kind of all my hot takes and everything that I think are going to pan out next year. So first up, and this one might be a little bit biased, and I'm sure you guys will love hearing this. I think... TCU will instantly compete for a Big 12 title under the new regime. I really do. I think Sonny Dykes is going to come in here and make an instant impact. I know we lost Zach Evans. 
Still got Kendra Miller. He's still a dog. Let's not forget that. We got some guys coming in. Still got QJ. We got the quarterback controversy. That's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. But I think we've got the guys. And half of it, it seemed like last year, was just buying in. And I think right now, everybody's buying in to this new regime, this new era, this new staff. Maybe I'm overhyping it a bit. I think something special could happen this year. I really do think that – I'm not saying they're going to win the Big 12. Don't don't quote me saying, you know, TCU is a Big 12 title winner. No. I think they're a contender in the sense that they might finish third or fourth in the Big 12. Maybe second. If they could make the game, the championship game, that'd be insane. That'd be awesome. But probably third. Because the reason is also not only do we have uncertainty. I mean, Texas sucks. Let's just, let's just be real. There's not uncertainty. They just suck. Oklahoma – Lots of uncertainty there. New coach, coaches left. Lots of players have been transferring. New quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, who's phenomenal, by the way. I think he's great. But And it sucks that they get another good quarterback, damn it. But anyway, of course they are. It's Oklahoma. But Oklahoma State, too, they're going to be losing a lot of guys. I think Baylor would really be the only other big competition because I get, you know, if Aranda's still there, then they could do some damage. Um it's tough. It's it's tough how it's going to pan out, but I really think TCU will be a top four team in the Big 12 next year, which isn't too crazy, but it's a big improvement from last year. So I think they're contenders. Another uh, hot take you could say I have for next year is that Ohio State will win the national championship game. And I hate, I hate saying this. Like, you know this. I hate Ohio State. I don't want these blue blood perennial powerhouses. I want teams like Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, BYU, I want to see the little dogs get a chance. I would even consider TCU a little dog still, even though we're in the Big 12. Um, but no, I just I just think C.J. Stroud had a phenomenal season. He's going to find his groove next year. Um, Smith and Jigba coming back. I know they're losing guys like Chris Olave, but I think Jigba could you know put in the work. And they're going to have, I mean, they get recruits every single year. Like they're going to have guys. So I just think that's kind of my bold prediction. I really don't have too many other analytical breakdowns as to why I think they'll win, but that's just who I'm rolling with. I think Ohio State, they're going to come back with a vengeance after not making the playoffs. So give me the buck, guys. They're, they're probably a little bit better odds because, like, Bama, I think it's plus 150 to win the Natty next year, which is ridiculous. Like, what kind of future odds is that? It's It's not even fun. Georgia, I think, also is, like, plus 300, which is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So next hot take, which I already kind of teased a little bit, is that Utah, the Utah Utes, will be a top 10 team all season next year. They are going to lose only one game. Do I know who that's to? No, probably Oregon or somebody. But I think Utah, they're going to have a good season. I think they're going to be a top 10 team next year. They're legit. They've been kind of knocking on the door the past couple seasons, but... I think next year is it. They're gonna they're gonna finally figure it out, get in the top ten and compete for a playoff spot. Shit. And last but not least, I have out of the group of five, I you know, thought it'd be fun to just throw a group of five wild card in there, but I'm going with UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. They will be a top 25 team next year, and they're gonna compete for that group of five crown. I don't think they'll surpass Cincinnati, but I think they could be up there with guys like I don't know, like Memphis is ranked every now and then, UCF. Um, who else? We got like, yeah, like those kind of guys, Coastal Carolina, BYU, in that range. Or maybe like Northern Illinois when they were good that one year, they were like 20th ranked. Like that, I see that kind of season for UAB because they've 
they show up in big games. You know, they won their conference. I mean, they're not a bad team ever since their football program got reinstated. Now for my real big prediction is the playoffs. Who do I think is going to be in the top four next year? I hate, I, it sucks because like, I hate making some of these picks, but it's like realistic, you know, like obviously I don't want to pick Alabama to go to the playoffs, but they, I have to, cause they're going to, it's just the fact of the matter. So playoffs, I'm taking number one seed, Ohio state 13 and 0 big 10 champions, number two seed. And the only reason I have Alabama as a two seed is because of their matchup with a three seed. I think the committee is going to they're going to want it. Okay. You'll, you'll hear in a sec. Alabama 13 and 0 SEC championships. Number two, three seed Clemson, Clemson Tigers as the three seed coming in at 12 and one ACC champions. I don't know who they're going to lose to. I just see them dropping a game, but I think a lot of people have been overlooking Clemson after this season and are forgetting that they have 11 years in a row with 10 wins in a season. They're a freaking dynasty one year out of the playoffs isn't going to completely screw the pooch. It's still Dabo Sweeney. It's still all these guys, still a top recruiting class in the nation. They're going to find their way. They're going to be fine. And last but not least, I had to throw at least one wild card in there. And you guessed it. Give me a four seed, the Utah Utes, 12-1 and record, coming out as the Pac-12 champions. Don't know who they're going to lose to again, but probably dropping the game to somebody like Oregon and then maybe beating them in the Pac-12 championship. That would be something interesting to watch. And then just for funsies, I have my first two out will be Georgia as the five seed because they are just so damn good. And especially if Stetson Bennett plays, I think they're going to be competing, if not winning again next year. And I have Michigan State as my sixth seed, which is another kind of wild card. But I think, you know, their coach is signed now for a long deal. Uh, Kenneth Walker. Oh, shoot. Is Kenneth Walker going to the NFL? I don't even know. If Kenneth Walker's there, that's even another reason she... Um, but I got Georgia and Michigan State as my first two out. I feel like Sparty can put up a good year, find their way back into the, the top ranks of college football. Because I mean, remember, they've made a playoff before. Sparty, they've been in the playoffs before. Now, that's really it, though, for this college football season. That's all I got. Um, it's sad to be ending. Um, you know, I'm just so used to doing this every week, looking at all the lines, just sweating out my bets in the comment section and everything. It's fun. It's what I love to do. And so what is next exactly? We will be starting, or I will be starting, a new series, a written series, though, on Frogs of War. Uh, something on college basketball bracketology. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm likely going to post that every other week, kind of like an update where TCU stands, where other Big 12 teams stand, and where the nation stands. You know, who, like, the first four out will be, the bubble, all that jazz. And as I mentioned, too, earlier, I'm also going to make – a way too early predictions for college football. Going to do playoff predictions, conference champion predictions, Heisman predictions, sleeper predictions. I'm going to do everything. Everything I can think of, I'm going to try and get some hot takes out there. And also, though, with that being said, Ryan's Ramble doesn't have to end. Uh, if, if college basketball betting is something you guys want to see or listen to, please uh, let me know in the comment section. Uh, I it's really, I want to do something with college basketball betting. I did last year. I did Benel's Bounces as a written version. But if I could, I would want to, you know, continue the podcast. It's just a little wonky because um, the schedule for basketball is just super wonky. I mean, like it, two or three games a week, especially with COVID cancellations, whereas, you know, football is just once a week, Saturday, I can get my games out and go on about our business. Whereas, you know, there's basketball games happening every day that I want to bet on. So it's like, 
hard to keep up with uh, down to the T, but that is something I could probably figure out, maybe do like just on TCU game days or just on big game days or something. Who knows? But if that's something you guys are interested in, uh, please let me know and stay tuned because something along that line might be coming. Don't want to promise anything yet. Got to talk with Melissa and Jamie, see how that would, you know, exactly work out. But that is, that's going to be it. I don't even know how to wrap this up. It's weird. It's weird for me, like saying kind of like bye for the season, you know? Again, just to recap, though, we finished the year with a 107-87-4 record, above a 56% win percentage, which is all I asked for at the beginning of the season. That's two years in a row. If you've been following Ryan's Ramble for quite some time now, that's two seasons in a row where we finished with above a 55% win percentage. So I'm curious. I'll, I'll probably combine the records just for fun, just to see what that is. But Because last year, I think it was like almost identical record. I think I finished like 112 and like 92 or something. Like really, really close to where I'm at. But And that was during the COVID year. So yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so, so much to those that have listened and followed throughout the season. If you tailed any of my picks throughout the season, you made my day that day. I, it makes me so happy seeing you guys comment, react, you know, give me your takes, show me your picks. Shout out uh, username AO the Horn Frog 17, always commenting on the, the videos or the podcast and uh, having his picks up there as well. So, oh, I just, I just want to bet. All right, cool. I got a notification. All right. That's a good way to end it. All right. So, if this is the last time we talk college football betting, then I will see you guys hopefully next season. I am graduating. I don't know exactly what's in store for me yet. Could get a big boy job. I could, you know, could go to grad school. Who knows what's happening? So maybe I'll be back here for next season. But if again, thank you guys so, so much to those that, that listened, followed along, commented, tailed the picks, everything. It means a lot. And hopefully you guys have a great off season. And I know if you're anything like me, you're already counting down those days until college football kickoff. So. Until then, have a good one.